hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, welcome back to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. We are back with you. This is Epi 8, Episode 8. I am Mark Hershon. Uh, that uh, fine music you just uh, heard uh, leading us in was from uh, Scott Carvey, our musical director, and uh, Bill Haywatt, of course, our show announcer. Uh, we do have a great show. We have a lot of clips, uh, a lot of them uh, from podcasts suggested by our special guest co-host who will be joining us in just a moment. Um, and uh, I want to tell you about our new Succotash hotline. If you want to reach us anytime, day or night, just pick up the phone and call 1-818-921-7212. And that is a full toll number. I'll have you know. That's right. You'll have to pay for that. And uh, not only is it a hotline, it's actually just voicemail. So uh, we, we will be able to hear your comments, your criticisms, your suggestions for guests or clips or whatever you want to leave on there. And if you're particularly entertaining, we'll even play it on the podcast. Um, before we get to our guests, let's, uh, let's open the tweet sack. Uh, that's our excuse for a mailbag because nobody sends us mail from a, a comedy accident. Uh, we have uh, do our comedy accident podcast with Susan Messing and Greg Holloman. So we're going to do that. We're going to play a clip um, from comedy accident, which is a podcast out of Chicago. So we'll do that today. Um, we, we heard from uh, this fellow in our first tweet sack uh, that we ever did last week. Rev Zev Futterman. In response to our tweet, rate Succotash on our page at iTunes, he said, in all caps again, I gave your beastly podcast a six, three times, the devil poke your nethers. Uh, so, that's the Rev Zeb. That sounds good to me. <laughs> and of course it does, Kenny. But- I want some of that. I know, because you're a good church-going lad, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From uh, Bob's Boneyard. I've been trying to play a clip from Bob's Boneyard there on the East Coast uh, podcast. And uh, I said, send me a clip. Send me a clip. I keep telling them that on Twitter. This week, they said, we are working to get you some clips. So, (laughs) Bob's Boneyard, you're you're your own excuse. Uh, Whenever you get them here, we'll put them up. And then from uh, one of our favorite listeners, MareBear875, she says, you know, I've been thinking all these clever phrases you use on Twitter, eat it up, hot and hearty, etc., could make good succotash t-shirts. I don't disagree. So look uh, in the next week or so for the Succotash store to pop up online. We'll have a uh, we'll have a um, a link from our blog, and we'll uh, give you that link next week when it's up and running. And we will put some Succotash T-shirts and other stuff, coffee mugs, things like that, up on online. You can buy them. Heck. We'll take your money. We love it. And then finally from Facebook, uh, another uh, uh, regular listener of Succotash, James Flannery, said, Succotash, now with vitamin C for comedy. And so there we go. Now we've got the back of the T-shirt, which is fantastic. We we depend on our listeners. Let's bring our uh, special guest co-host in. Uh, please welcome to Succotash, Mr. Rob Chelly. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Chelly. Uh, Good evening, America. Rob is one half of What Duvet Said. I feel like I'm cheating on my wife right now. Oh, you're right. My cohort 
is not cohorting with me. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, about you. First of all, you live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I do. I am I am a San Francisco resident, North Beach to be uh, nice. be more proper. Nice. And uh, yeah, this is what unemployment will do, people. It'll force you into this <laughs> this icky, scary world of podcasting that uh, we're inhabiting currently. That's right. It's um, even those those of us who are sort of hemi employed. It, it's, it's it's a smarmy business. It is. It is. And your your partner in crime. Uh, Jason Duplessis is based out of Los Angeles, and uh, this whole thing started as a conversation that we would have. I moved to New York for a while, and we would have a weekly phone conversation. So when I moved back to San Francisco, the conversations continued. He lives in L.A., and we decided, uh, well, why not take this, put it out for people to comment on, and then uh, make it a show. So you guys have known each other for, for a while. Since high school, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Let's uh, let's play our first clip. Actually, this is from what Duvet said, and ah. then we'll talk a little bit more about about your show. And, I am curious uh, to hear this clip myself. I'm sure you are. This is uh, uh, one of the features you guys. I never listen to anything we do. <laughs> okay, you get to hear it. it. Yeah, this will be Excellent. shocking. So this is uh, this is a, a, a segment you guys call phrased out. So let's uh, let's give a listen. Do you have anything for the phrased out segment this week? Or I we do on? not this week. I've uh, yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm phrased out of phrases. What about you? Uh, I got one. We can save it till next week, or I can just say it right now. Say it right now. Twenty four seven. I am yes. done with the phrase twenty four seven. Throw that one under the bus. Throw that one under the bus, and the reason why is why limit it to seven. What the hell does that mean? You know what? 24 hours means that you're always open. It means that you're constantly available for 24 hours. 24-7? As if seven days of the week means anything? 24-8? How about you're available 24-5? 24-7? 24 is continuous. There is only 24 hours in the day. It starts over again. 24-7. God! The, I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Stop saying well, it. 24 hours. That's all there is. <laughs> Have you heard this one though? People will say 247365. Yeah, I've heard that too. Jeez. Ugh. So and then what happens? What happens after that? Does it start again or is it consecutive? Is it concurrent? 247365 today and is it 247365 starting tomorrow or is it 247364 starting tomorrow? I don't get it. God. Uh, yeah, and I guess it's hard to predict how long you're going to be alive, so you really can't take it any further than 365. You really shouldn't be able to take it any further than, you know, even 24 might be a gamble. Might be a stretch. Never know. Never know when a toothache <laughs> is going to lay you out 24 Or you might have some guy creeping up on your back. All right. Enough. That is my phrased out phrase. Please don't say that around me. I will, I will, I will cringe inside and have a horrible argument with you inside my head. Okay. <laughs> Where all the best arguments are won and lost. All right. So that is from what Duvet said. It's fr- now, how often do you guys do phrased out as a segment? Our goal, if I can be completely honest with you. With our listeners, you can be. We are striving to do nothing but segments so that our whole show can be nothing but a string of segment titles and we can just dispense with all of the comedy and the commentary and just <laughs> so it'll be like a centipede of of, of humor that so a very modular through. show exactly excellent people need boxes um so another uh we've actually played uh, one of your other segments on here which is uh the uh, the, the snark tank yes which is describe the snark tank if you will well the snark tank is really just anything that kind of raises your ire and then um beat bludgeoned like a baby seal <laughs> 
<laughs> until the, you can get no more, no more out of it, and uh, and then it's it's left for chum for for other people to wow. feed on. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well. Um. So what? So you the the inspiration for the show was you guys having these phone conversations. Um. What is the show now? Because it isn't just you. I mean, you guys are talking. You guys, I think, use Skype. Just yeah. from a technical standpoint. Yeah, we're doing it over Skype, um, obviously, because we're in different cities. But we decided kind of early on that we were having a good time just talking. We, we wanted to follow maybe a TV show or something we can kind of hang our hat on. But as we got more into it, it became clear to us that we wanted to do more of a show. And then eventually get into interviewing people. We've had you know several guests on our show. Um, it's just becoming... It grows every time we every with each episode we find a, a new way to kind of make it more legit, and luckily our budget and the fact that we are you know not uh, radio personalities like yourself keep, <laughs> keeps us in the <laughs> wow in radio. the punk rock category. I see. Um, so if there was anything that Jason would have said if we could have had him here today, because I know he'll listen to this and go, "Why didn't you tell him about the so and so?" What what would Jason add to? It's funny. I asked that same question, Mark, and he said, if, "If Mark asks, you know, what what would Jason like to contribute?" This is with Jason's reply. <laughs> that was it. Just that was it. Just a sardonic yeah. laugh. I don't know how to read that. I've known him a long time, but uh, yeah, just a sardonic laugh. Wow, so. it's funny. And you know, yeah. I found out about you guys from Phil Lerness. Yes, well, that's from- another inspiration. I should say for our show. Those guys doing the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour yeah. really made us start thinking that you know, hey, this pod, there's something in this podcasting thing. We we can do that. So yeah, so I told you, th- to I told you this when we were coming over here that uh, I asked Phil Lernest yesterday on Facebook. I said, hey, do you have any questions for Rob when he's on the show? And he goes, he wrote back. He said, I don't really know Rob. He says I. Re- <laughs> Never met him. I hear he's I, handsome. I say, he says, I'm, friend, I'm big friends with Jason. I've never met Rob, so I, I have nothing to ask. Yeah, it's, it's better that way, <laughs> ultimately. Well, just to kind of uh, illustrate the fact of how long uh, you and Jason have known each other, let's, uh, let's play this other clip from your show. This is um, based uh, – it comes off of a news item. You guys do a lot of pieces based on the news, uh, talking about um, people who are uh, sort of reliving their prom days. Uh, for the love of God. Uh, many years later, and yeah. then this led you into a, a little story. So let's listen to uh, the, the prom from uh, What Duvet Said. So did you know that there's an adult prom fad that's sweeping America's most boring towns? That's the title. Uh, No. You mean adults dressing and going to prom? Yeah, man. How depressing is this? It's basically, I think they're talking about this has been going on in Fort Wayne or Cedar Rapids. Um, Yeah, it's it's basically adults getting dressed up and having, hosting a prom and then going off and, and playing high school again. Because as we all know... That's the as good as it ever got. Did, did you have any fun at your? You didn't go to your prom. I remember you and I you hung know, out at uh, Glen Oaks Elementary School eating uh, uh, salt and vinegar potato chips and trying to find a water fountain that worked. You were going to ask. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I hate your memory, man. I just hate it. You were going to ask one. You you had a, a you were sweet on a girl who was on our drama class. So you were going to ask yes. her to the prom. So. But being the person that you are, you chose instead to ask a friend of yours who was a mutual friend of this other girl if 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 this other girl would go to the prom. Let's just call her Jane, right? Yes. You wanted Jane, Jane to go to the prom with you, and uh, Carol was your friend who you came up to ask. So you 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 said to Carol, 
Carol, do you think Jane will go to the prom with me? Or you didn't even word it that directly because apparently Carol thought you were asking her to the prom. <laughs> I, I was terrible, terrible wording. I, I said, Carol, are you going to the prom? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, she looked at me and she said, no, why do you want to go with me? Uh, and then I got asked by her and then I froze because what I was really trying to ask her was, so are you going to the prom? And then maybe that would lead to like, do you know if Marie's needs Jane? <laughs> <laughs> Jane, not Marie. <laughs> if Jane, Jane's going to go to the prom. And in, in the amount of time that this happened, word spread. And then I got swooped in on by that evil, evil. We'll call him Ned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, evil Ned. <laughs> And that was the beauty of it, because it all happened within a lunch break. I remember you asked, th this all went down with uh, with Carol during fourth period, and then you came and told us during lunch, you won't believe what just happened. I just was trying to ask Carol, and now I'm going to the prom with Carol, and we're all like, dude, you got to tell Carol, you got to break up with Carol. But word like went through the grapevine, and Ned heard about it. So Ned went and asked Jane to the prom while you were breaking up with Carol, telling her that you didn't really want to go with her. So then you're like, oh, I did it. Now I can go ask her. And you walk up to ask Jane, and she's like, oh, no. Oh, Ned just asked me. Oh, and then the bell rings, and in we go to fifth period. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. And Jane ended up working for like like some big like MTV or something like some big music company out on the East Coast. It, it, it was, oh God. Thanks, Jace. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, you and I got to spend prom night together, as as they say, eating. That was lovely. Sour. <laughs> yes. You're a fabulous date. I, mean, I, I, th I thank you for that. All right. So that's uh, that's uh, a little bit more of a taste of what Duvet said. We've played a couple of clips from your show before, so our listeners are familiar with I, I appreciate that. Oh, that's our pleasure. That, that Not that clip, per se, because no. that's, I'm reliving no. some <laughs> horrible uh, well, I'm sorry. feelings of inadequacy. We, we do have some uh, salt and vinegar potato chips for you <laughs> that you can feel like. Uh, Mr. Hershon? Uh, <laughs> Hershon. It's Hershon, Kenny. Yes, yes. I have a question. Yeah, uh, yes. Go ahead. Who, who is Duvet? That is a very good question. Who is Duvet? We've been asking ourselves that same question. He's vaguely French. We know that. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we have a, a read on what he may or may not look like. So stay tuned. But is there any, uh, can you pull back the uh, kimono a little bit on the mystery of the title? I could, actually. Uh, my wife and I were sitting around one night thinking of names we could check into a hotel <laughs> under to obscure the fact that we were checking into a hotel, which is obscure enough for, for most people. And uh, we were sitting on a duvet cover and we said, oh, Bob Duvet. That sounds like an everyman. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. And and that's uh, that's how you're uh, represented on Twitter is at Bob Duvet. Yeah. It, it kind of uh, – it's a little separation. <clears throat> that's good. Between church and state. That's good. You know, it's kind of funny. There's a lot of separation in these podcasts because as I, as I go through and try and find more information about the clips we play, oftentimes I'll go and these people are – I don't know if they're embarrassed or they're – like we talked about, it's a little seamy. Yeah. And I can oftentimes not find people's names or their last names. Uh, yeah. Things like that. In fact, uh, the clip we're going to play next was one of the inspirations for you guys. It was from the show Good Clean Fun. I love Good Clean Fun. <clears throat> with uh, Jasper and Mike. Yes. Now, you have to scour their website pretty hard to see if there's any kind of last names associated with Jasper 
and Mike. I think they're both in the witness protection program. I think they may be. Um, but how did how did these guys uh, end up to be uh, an inspiration for you? You know, a recommendation. A friend said, listen to a show called The Rock and Roll Geek Show, which is a great music show. And Mike, one of the hosts of the, the clip you're about to play, he's on that show. Okay. And from there, I kind of, I kept hearing him mention in this other podcast. And when I heard that one, it really was reminiscent of what Jason and I were doing. Just a couple guys talking, you know, both living in different towns. And, you know, it's a longer podcast, but what I like about it is they have a really big community built around it. And so they're always interacting in, in real time as they're doing the show with their you know, their, their base, their, their, cool. their community. So, so uh, let's uh, get a little sample of good, clean fun with Jasper and Mike. Yeah, I got a good one for you. Go ahead. So there's this chick at work. And, um, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I, I not that of, they, Hold on a second. Not that the girls who are lurking in the chat are not super hot because you know you are. <sighs> and I would gladly have sex with all of you, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, I'm just saying, all right? All right. I'm one of like four or five maybe six dudes at my building of an of a work staff of like 40 <laughs> and I, let me tell you oh you really think be, so the you girls think, outnumber the guys good for you oh not out not outnumber no it's like we could be crushed by the girls <laughs> and we could nice. be, and we could literally be crushed by a small group of them so what i'm trying to say is we have a rough lot I I don't have many girls that I work with that are hot, and especially me being the older guy, I don't have oh, as many crush, you I mean there, girls. I don't have crush, many. Gr- you mean big girls work there? Yes. That was, okay. Yes. Yes. And I don't have Nothing many girls. girls. And, and I don't have many girls that I can legally think are hot either. So let me just say, what was I getting to? Oh, okay. So one girl contacted me once, like about. Well, hold on a second. Let me interrupt. At your party, Chuck Spears said, "Did everyone take turns jumping on that pile of clothes on your bed?" <laughs> no, everyone told okay for, about my party. Everyone said, "Wow, the place looks great." I'm like, "Yep, it does." Just it's, don't go upstairs. Don't go in that yes, room. It, yes, it does. <laughs> don't go upstairs and don't go in the garage. That's what I said. So, anyways, I um yeah, so yeah BBWs, John, John William. There's BBWs that work at, at uh, big beautiful Old women. Navy. Yeah, yes, Mm-mm. or big big women. I'll say not. I'll say not. Dude, there's a lot of young girls that are fucking pear-shaped there, man. Oh, really? Which is a fucking that, shame. A red flag. I mean, like, not even 21. Red not flag. Even, you know what that means? Just, that means when they're in their 30s, they're not going to be pear-shaped anymore. They're going to be obese. All right, so that is Good Clean Fun with Jasper and Mike. And uh, they uh, that's a spinoff from not just the Rock and Roll Geek Show, but I guess Plan 9 Rock Show. Yeah, yep. Uh, and uh, they are at rockandrollgeek.com. They're also, uh, you can find them on iTunes. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't really plug your guys' site. You are at whatdovaysaid.blogspot.com. We are, or just go to www.whatdovaysaid.com. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Or iTunes. Or iTunes. There you go. Everything's yeah. on iTunes. Gotta love that. It gives you legitimacy. It does, a little yeah. bit. I thought it, this would be a good counterpoint. I'm going to play a, a show. These guys reached out to us and wanted to, wanted to be uh, featured on the show. Uh, I played you a little clip of this in the car so you could kind of get up to speed on them. This is, uh, it's the exact same clip length as the good clean fun guys these are two guys that know each other one guy uh this is g and j uh g is an it professional and a graphic artist j is a steel worker and they claim to be the number one podcast in belfast ireland i so, believe it uh, i will warn warn the listeners in advance uh this is really hard to understand at least it was for me uh, I've heard this clip now four times and I now know what they're saying. Uh, but this was the cleanest 
two minutes I could find. We are nominated. Nominated. We are elected. You for what? European Podcasting Awards 2011. We're going to Europe, baby. That's it. Oh, winner, I think, but it's nice to be. At least we're out there. We are. That's the whole point. Happy days. Get us out there. Get the word spread. I go nominating people. Yep. Type Google European Music Awards and then just nominate us. I don't think you can at the moment vote. You know, apparently it's a public vote. I don't know. Vote for us or whatever. Yeah, when the oh, when the time comes, we're gonna have stuff on the website and all. But for now, just be happy for us. We are nominated for the European Podcast Awards 2011. Hey, spreading the glory. That's it. You should do the same. Go into your Facebook and your Twitters and your Tumblers. Shares. Shares. Go into your Google Pluses and their circles. <laughs> Talk to people. Good thing about Google Plus, I seen there's like oh, like really good video chat and all this sort of thing. Uh huh. Does look good. It's like like gr- group video chats. Ah, it'll be alright. So like see when we get more sex parties. Plus, we can do that on the show. Sex parties. Sex party? What? Like Google Plus sex parties. Everybody's just sort of like sex partying it up. Load it's of like women. Four really. Load of women. Fine load of women. Where? At no Google Plus. Or we could just go on the 4chan. What's no, that? not 4chan. Oh, what do you call it? Chat roulette. Chat, oh, no. <laughs> We're not going to chat roulette. You see, the thing about the internet is there's no, there's never going to be a place where there is just a large confluence of women. Naked or... I know, it's like the men to women ratio is astonishing. It's just like... Well, it's, it's not now, but men are just more prone to whipping their knobs out and doing it in front of a camera. Yeah. Whereas women are a wee bit more sensible. Yeah. Shout out to women. Shout out to women. And their big baps. And yeah. their small baps. We love big baps. And small baps. I don't. You have to say that, though. I don't. My wife has big jugs. Yeah, well. Your wife's all right. Yeah, uh, they are. They're not too bad. She's a comely ass. <laughs> She's... Ah. Less said, the better, yeah. Yep. Uh, the less said, the better. I uh, I actually really like those guys now that I can understand. I thought I had a bad Irish accent. Uh, <laughs> so that's the G&J show. That's G-E-E-N-J-A-Y show.com. And also at iTunes, uh, number one uh, comedy uh, podcast in Belfast. So there you go. I'm curious about these BAPs they speak of. I am too. Uh, perhaps at North Beach we'll see some BAPs. I don't know. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's get to a commercial from our good friends at Henderson Pants. I want to thank Ed Wallach, one of our faithful listeners, for actually uh, suggesting two new lines of, uh, of uh, pantlery. For uh, for the good folks at Henderson's to start making, and I believe we have commercials for both of those brand new lines. That's how fast they can turn these things out at Henderson's Pants. So let's uh, let's hear from our sponsor. Friends, for years, Henderson's Pants has been saying that we offer stylish lower body wear for every member of your family. Well, it's time to come clean. That hasn't been exactly truthful. Sure, Henderson's offered pants for mom and dad, brother and sister, even baby. But what about Fido and Fluffy, the dogs and cats of this great country? Aren't they members of the family too, you ask? Well, they are now. With Henderson's Pet Pants, your favorite furry friend doesn't have to be bare-assing around the house any longer. With more colors and fabrics than you can fetch a stick with, pets now have no excuse not to be putting on the dog or cat when it comes to stepping out in style. And Henderson's Pet Pants are not just limited to your pooch or pussy. Birds, fish, lizards, we are complete petophiles at Henderson's, and we have just the pant no matter what your companion's persuasion. 
Whether you want to see your Dalmatian in denim or your Persian in petal pushers, we've got it. That squawking cockatiel in corduroy, goldfish in gold lame, or Komodo dragon in khaki, ho-ho, we've got it. Hendersons can even lock your livestock up in stylish trousers. Imagine Porky's ham hocks in herringbone or your frisky llama in linen. We've got that, too. Originally designed for petting zoos, furry conventions, and the Bohemian Grove, Henderson's Pet Pants are now available, truly for the first time, for the entire family. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1896, and now back to Suckatash. There's no money-back guarantee with hookers, do you know that? You know, I wish there was. Yeah, really. It I would really make things so much more efficient. A hundred, I offer you a hundred percent money back guarantee if you don't like what I do. <laughs> and wait, there's more. I throw in an extra cooch. No, I, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> extra cooch. <laughs> I bring a flashlight with me in oh, case you God. don't like what I'm doing. No, all right. So uh, Hubert Blackman from New York was disappointed after a girl spent only half the time she was supposed to with him and called it a tragic event. He paid the company $155 for a girl to that give him a like lap a dance and f- a further 120 oh. for uh, a sex act. A sex act. Why does the lap dance cost more than the sex act? Um, probably because the sex act may be not full-on intercourse. Yeah, but isn't even if it's oral sex, like that would be a lot more involved than a lap dance. Like I can dance. Well, and that's like, honestly, I don't know what a lap. Sexual. I've never had a lap dance. It's, it doesn't really involve any sex. Like I mean, it's just it's at the just very most. Grinding, it like may not even. It may not even be like actual contact. It may just be like she's you know dancing very close and doing like mm, certain things point. around you. So I don't really see that's a, that's confusing me. But I'm sorry, I got caught up in the math. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah, sorry. I, no, no, I, 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 really, I, to- I totally agree. It's very important for men to know these things. What is a lap dance worth? You know, what is maybe the going only rate fifty for bucks. Sex or oral sex? You know, what? I know, what is like, this? what is it? Is it? Is it? Is oral? What is it? What is a there should be like an infographic. You know, there should be like a nice infographic. Pornographic. Oh, sorry, pornographic. Uh, uh, prostitution. And divided in, in different cities. In different you know, cities. Vancouver, you New York, New Jersey. You know, how much? Should, and then areas, price, you know? because you know, we have some some areas where it could cost. Like I've heard fifteen bucks for oral sex. You know, really? Well, we've got some bad areas. So who knows? Anyway, do go on. Um. So. So he claims he paid for an hour, but he only stayed. But she, sorry, only stayed for half that time. Uh, said he contacted the company in the following morning in order to demand his money back. He also told the company that he was unable to make an informed decision at the time, as he was intoxicated with alcohol. Okay, well you're a winner. Yeah. The uh, company did not offer a refund, and so Mr. Blackman contacted. Okay, this is oh god. Uh, contacted Metro Police, but he was told he would face arrest because prostitution is illegal in Las Vegas. Okay, dude, everyone knows that prostitution is illegal in Las Vegas. They just have a state uh, that sort of turns a blind eye because, you know, otherwise they'd be arresting, you know, everyone on the street. Everyone, the whole city. Uh, But having been advised by the police that he should contact the Better Business Bureau, he did so... And has filed a charge saying an escort did an illegal sexual act on me during her service. What? What? An escort did an Uh, illegal sexual act on me during her paid service to me. But that's what he was paying for. He's not. Well, maybe the illegal part is that she left. So that is uh, S&M Rants. 
Uh, I guess we're going international with this podcast. Those guys are from Canada. Yeah. I, I was drawn to her voice. She's got a kind of a sexy Canadian Sarah Silverman thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's uh, Shane Burley and Monica Hamburg or Hamburg. Yeah. yeah. I didn't hear their introduction. Um, but they're, uh, I'll just read from their site. The S&M uh, Rants podcast is a weekly podcast where Shane Burley and Monica Hamburg talk about weird and amusing stuff. Want to find out more about Chewbacca sex fantasies, Japanese toilets, and bad erotica? Wondering who the fucktard of the week is? No, I do. Uh, of course you do, Kenny. Uh, they have a very long URL. So just look it for shanesworld.ca for Canada, or of course, iTunes, where all your problems are solved. Or just type in sexy Sarah Silverman and see if she comes up. Yeah, and even if she doesn't, you'll at least get to see sexy Sarah Silverman. Um, Not a sponsor of the show? uh, Not so far. (laughs) Not so far. So far, we have one sponsor, Henderson's, and they're faithful. Very faithful. Um, Now, most of the clips we're listening to, actually, um, I'm happy to say, uh, were suggested by our co-host. I take no responsibility for that. This is all Jason's doing. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? It's easy, it's so easy he, to pin stuff on the guy that isn't here. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, speaking of regular uh, guests and sort of cohorts, uh, we're going to play a clip from the Jimmy Dore show. And Jimmy has like a panel and they, they talk about political stuff. It's a, actually a very good show. We featured it before. But a couple of guys on his panel, Frank Conniff and Paul Gilmartin, are also guys that are that are on the circuit down in L.A., they're on a couple of different podcasts. It's kind of funny. Now, you've been involved with comedy. Is it the addiction to the circuit? Is that what it is? Um, I think it is. I think it's also there's a lot of friendships in, in comedy that I think they just go, hey, you're on so-and-so's podcast. Do you want to do my podcast? So they go, okay. So Frank Conniff, you can hear often on um, – uh, David Feldman's podcast and Paul Gilmartin is on another, I can't remember which uh, podcast it is. I think it might be um, Professor Blastoff. I think he's on that podcast. I'm a big fan. Of oh David. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a great show. So definitely check that out. Uh, so here's the Jimmy Dore show. Uh, they are um, uh, talking about, this is kind of dicey. They're, this was just after uh, uh, Amy Winehouse uh, killed herself. And she they're, uh oh, boy! Somebody doesn't get it. Uh, but they talk—they're talking about uh, the sort of too soon idea. When is it too soon to make jokes about certain topics? And in this case, they're talking about the death of Amy Winehouse. We we're talking about Amy Winehouse, and uh, there was a very cold vibe happening on Twitter and Facebook yeah. about people making jokes about that. Now, as comedians. I don't know how the rest of you feel, but I always felt that it not only is everything jokeable, mm-hmm. but it's our duty to mm-hmm. find a way to make to joke about everything. Mm-hmm. Because the whole reason you need jokes in the first place is because we're the only animal that's aware of our own death, mm-hmm. and that's why we joke. Because we if and you know and that's why we have religion. Like if we never died, we would not have religion. There were nobody's. Going to be 900 years old going, shit, I miss church. <laughs> you know what? I'll get them. Uh, I'm going to take off maybe for a few hundred years, and then I'll start going again when I'm a 1,000. What's the reason we have Branson, Missouri? Oh, that's because we die. Oh, that's why. <laughs> All right. That's why. You're I'm get, still waiting for an explanation. That's what it says when you go in Branson, Missouri, because, because we die. <laughs> that's exactly. And so, by the way, when the vampires come, that's the first place they're going. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is Branson? Mm-hmm. I yeah. would. So mm-hmm. now, Frank, you were mm-hmm. saying, now, now, why do you think it is that Amy Winehouse jokes are off? Uh, well, yeah, we were talking about this, and uh, I was saying that right away on Twitter, yes, you know, when, when Amy, the day that Amy Winehouse died, there was a, a vibe that I picked up right away of like a lot of people saying, don't joke about this. Come on. Because people were kind of maybe because we all joked about her while she was alive about her addictions and stuff. And so a lot of people were saying, 
uh, don't joke about Amy Winehouse. And, and, and like, uh, you know, I agree that I think it's, it would have been okay for anyone to do that, but they just should have expected that they were going to get hammered by people. Yeah. So now how do you, where do you come down on it? Is it okay uh, to make Amy Winehouse jokes? I, I think it's okay. I, I chose not to. I'm saving all of my, uh, jokes for when, uh, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld died. And then I'm, I'm, I'm no, you're not kidding. Loose. I'm not kidding. No. You're not kidding about that. I'm, I've got all my my really tasteless <laughs> tweets about it saved up for when uh, those guys. Oh God, got... wouldn't it be great if they died in a murder suicide, like a oh, lovers' pact? Oh, that would, would be. Would you that... be? Would you just die with the joy? On if that they one? did that, if they were lovers and they died, and then I think um, we'd have to change those videos to it doesn't get better. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so so okay, so Amy Winehouse, not good. To, um, did you have you heard any Amy Winehouse jokes that you think are good? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, think, all right. We've oh all heard God. those. I heard one. Uh, that it was it was kind of an indirect one, one, but I thought it was funny. Someone said, um, uh, "Justin Bieber turns twenty seven in a few years. Be be patient, my friends." <laughs> so that's really a Justin Bieber <laughs> yeah, joke. Yeah, but he's yeah. alive, so yeah. it's okay. I now, saw now, one that you... was Matt Champagne just wrote. But how did she die? Oh, that's funny. I thought that was just yeah. so simple well, and brilliant. But why do you think that there's such a there was such a preemptive strike against people making Amy Winehouse jokes? Do you have any any theories, you guys? Because she was so ripe for it. Like we we've. And and I mean, and to be fair, the tone of it was like, well, addiction is a disease. She died of addiction and it wasn't her fault. And that's completely reasonable. But it was like, yeah, but she, she, she did do a, so- a song called, you know, at, one of my favorite jokes of it or whatever that made me laugh was uh, Amy Winehouse one rehab zero. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that made me chuckle. And, you know, she did do a song that uh was a hit called I'm not going to go to rehab. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, um, and I just think that anything that happens on a global scale is ripe for, I mean, uh, it, you know, it's all in how you do it. It's all in how you do it. Uh, so Rob, any, uh, any thoughts about, uh, that topic about, you know, cause you guys hit current events awful. Funny. Awful you should lot. say that. I, I had a moment actually, there's a karaoke spot down the street from my house that I go to. And, it was like a few days after she she died, and I wanted to pay tribute, so I signed up for the Amy Winehouse song, and I put in the thing, and I got the dirty look from the karaoke person, and I was, you know, yeah, you don't have the song? She's like, no. And then she gave me the really, like, kind of snarky introduction, and so then I went up there, and I did the song, and it was kind of like crickets at first, <laughs> and I really had to win the crowd over. And it might have been too soon to do Amy Winehouse karaoke, apparently. I, <laughs> I had no idea. Wow, but... not too soon for jokes, but the karaoke. Well, yeah. in my mind, it's always too soon for karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> you may be right. Uh, our next clip is uh, from Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, we've played a number of clips. I think we this is our eighth show. I think we've played. This will be our third Comedy Bang Bang, although it was a Comedy Death Ray. Originally, they re- they changed. Uh, Rob and I were talking earlier about, uh, you know, some of these podcasts are starting to get some networks together and, and do things. And Scott Ackerman, who uh, is behind Comedy Bang Bang, is also part of Earwolf.com. And they have a whole conglomeration of podcasts now. Uh, on this episode, uh, it's the 10-year anniversary of the movie Wet Hot American Summer. And uh, they've uh, pulled together some of the people from that movie on this episode of Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, Paul Rudd. David Wayne, the director, Ken Martino. One of the actors they don't have in here is Bradley Cooper, 
who was actually in that movie, Bradley Cooper, who is, of course, famous now from uh, such hits as uh, The Hangover. He's really good hair. <laughs> he has the best hair as, of Hollywood. As a, as a challenged person hair-wise, I, I really don't appreciate even, Bradley don't Cooper's even, hair. Don't even talk about it. You I should talk know. about how much money the uh, movie made. Yeah, let's talk about that. The movie made about a little under $300,000 in its theatrical wow. release. Okay, well, let's think about this. $10 a ticket. That's yeah. like uh, 30,000 people saw it. That's, that's more than than see a play sometimes, yeah. if it's at a high school. <laughs> 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 so that's good. Um, was that uh, a disappointment to you guys when it when it came out? Well, I have to say, honestly, we weren't. Who knew that it would? We knew that it wasn't even the kind of movie that necessarily might come out. Mm-hmm. You know, the thousands and thousands of movies are submitted to Sundance every year, and most of them don't come out. So we were happy it got some kind of release. But sure, because it got some good response and some good reviews, along with the horribly hostile reviews <laughs> by Roger Ebert <laughs> and many others, uh, we figured. <laughs> but you uh, know what? You kind of got the last laugh when it came to Roger Ebert, right? Right, because he's so ill. <laughs> I I saw that answer coming so far away. Because he's so ill. No, because the movie is so successful. Is it? <laughs> it's critically. It's it's not. It's 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 a cult. Uh, it's a cult uh, favorite. favorite yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it has it has uh, over time made a profit finally. And Ken, you were saying you never saw it in the theater and the, on a big screen. You've I'm, never seen it. On I a big missed screen. it the weekend it opened, <laughs> and then it was out of the theater. Did uh, Paul and David? Did you see it in the theater? The only time I ever saw it in the theater it was uh, we went to that Halloween thing, and they had people dressed, but it was after the run. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, kind of, yeah. Well, it, a couple of years later, they started showing it every week at midnight in New York. Wow, a new Rocky Horror. Like, well, they were trying to do that, and mm-hmm. then that, that fizzled after a little while. But... I did see it there. That's where I saw it. Okay. Mm. And, I, and I don't remember watching it at Sundance, but that was because maybe we were drunk or yeah. high or something? <laughs> I wasn't there. Those screenings at Sundance were great. What but... do you guys like to get high on? Drugs. For me, specifically, for me, hanging out with my friends. That's the only high I need. Uh, well, that's the drug I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Paul? Uh, I say life. And by life, I mean weed. <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? And I hate to, to bring the party down here and uh, get, get kind of serious and get kind of Party negative. down. Great show. Kill. Right? No, but I got to say. Do you get a nickel anytime anyone says party down, Ken? I do. I do. Great. Yeah. I just got four nickels. Bing, there you go. No, but seriously, this is a serious thing. I have... Sure. I have taken the whole notion of television, and I've dubbed it the plug-in drug. So, mm. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. really did bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I have to say what I feel, and I do think, uh, you know, TV is, is the plug-in drug. This <laughs> 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 is one of the few times true. I've seen you laugh at something wow. you've said. That's true. <laughs> You're right? usually so straight-laced and unflappable. <laughs> but, but honestly, if you think about it, people are addicted to it. Yeah. And well, I mean, honestly, if you want me, I, I wasn't going to say this part because I didn't want to get too serious and yeah. too political here. Right. I think I think it's the vast wasteland. <laughs> that one made you laugh even harder. <laughs> I try to hide it, <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of my own uh, uh, bits. Friends, it's no secret that at Henderson's Pants, we don't like to see anyone go without a snappy pair of trousers from working stiffs on the factory floor to high-powered honchos in their penthouse offices henderson's has been cradling their buttocks every step of the way 
But what about the fop, the dandy, that urbane gent about town preoccupied with little else than his manners and his clothing? It doesn't matter that a feat snobbery went out well over 50 years ago. When the fops went out the door, Henderson's pants went with them, and we've stayed with them too. You generally won't find Henderson's fancy pants for fops on a casual shopping spree, but if you're a pretentious popinjay, just give your local Henderson's pants salesperson that snide smirk you've got down to a science, and you'll be shown into our private fitting area in no time flat. You'll be seated comfortably with a brandy in hand and a snoot full of snuff, watching a parade of the latest fancy pants parade right by you. With any luck at all, you'll favor us with a fitting, and although we never dare hope to be so lucky, you might even leave the premises with a fresh pair, <laughs> dare we say two, of Henderson's fancy pants for fops under your arm. Originally designed for syphilitic poets, renaissance painters, and Beau Brummel, we'd ask you to tell your friends, but we know that you don't actually have any. Fancy pants for fops from Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1491. Now back to Succotash. Uh, thank you, Bill Haywatt. Um, so, uh, Rob, let's talk a little bit about uh, what Duvet said. You, uh, you guys have interviews frequently with uh, TV people and we other do. celebrities. We interviewed, I think, two or three people that were up for Teen Choice Awards oh, this, this okay. past one. They didn't win, but that was not uh, any reflection on us. And you guys had a particular fixation for a, uh, a show about women's gymnast or girls' gymnastics. It, it was the Rocky of, of, of it's the Rocky of somebody's generation. What's it called? It was called Make It or Break It. Okay. Yes. A- and it, you... not not we we don't know if the show's going to survive another season. It was uh, on ABC Family. And you had the I I heard the show where you had the the producer of the show on, and you've had the stars of the show on, and yes, they clearly needed our guidance. And <laughs> and I, there's was there ever any sort of question on their part why a couple of guys your age were fixated on a show about teenage girls doing gymnastics? Well, that's the thing is when we. Our producer, Reba, reached out to him. You know, we always put as a disclaimer to any sort of communique, it always says guaranteed to overpromise and underdeliver at the bottom of all that. <laughs> so we, we figure that's just kind of like a fail safe, you know. And it just – we were shocked because we were dealing with like not even the producer at first. We were going through like Disney's, you know, gatekeepers. Oh, OK. And I'm thinking how are they letting us keep getting to the next level? So <laughs> – Apparently, it's just that easy, folks. Out there in podcasting land, don't let anybody tell you you can't. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, what Duvet said is not your only interest. You're a, a big music fan. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a separate podcast. That's which... called What Duvet Said About Music. Oh, see a tie-in. Branding. See, it's perfect. all about branding. Nice. Um, but yeah, that, that one's, uh, you know, it's a little bit longer. It's an hour and a half to two hours. And I, I try to get some interviews with some up-and-coming musicians, uh, I'm actually working on an interview with Paul Kantner right, right now. Really? Okay. Yeah, which is he's – he's a local guy in North yes. Beach. So I'd love yeah. to talk with him, but it, it's hard to kind of pin him down. Yeah, I've heard him on shows, though. I, I think you could probably nail him eventually. Yeah, every, you know, I'm working. I'm twisting the screw a half turn every day. And, and where do people find uh, find that podcast? You can find it at the same place you can find all of our podcasts. So just go to www.whatduvaysaid.com, and you're going to see links to everything, uh, including your show. Excellent. Hey, we're linked. We're li- we've arrived. But I expect some Henderson's pants in, in return. <laughs> oh, no problem. There's quite a cachet here, I see. <laughs> there's, also, there's also quite a cabinet full of pants because uh, they don't uh, always fit well. 
<laughs> let's uh, let's get to the uh, Pod F. Tompcast. Oh yes. Uh, now Paul F. Tompkins is a really funny guy, very quirky dude, uh, and this is really just Paul. This is a, a bit has just ended, and he's going on with a little anecdote about um, how the costume that they had for this piece didn't arrive until the day of the show, and sort of the uh, the headache he was having about that. So here's the Pod F. Tompcast. Just, oh, we had a hell of a time. Pardon my mild language. Now you know why that explicit rating was on this episode of the podcast. Think, if you think about it, that is a harsh thing to say, to just mention that place. It's hell. When I think about, when I think about hell, it just seems like a mean idea. Why is it necessary to be forever and then I think about purgatory, which when I was a kid, I thought purgatory was just like a waiting room kind of, right? Where I thought it was like, I was told, like, everybody, unless you're a living saint, you'll have to go to purgatory and sort of atone for your sins. Then you get to go to heaven. And I thought it was like a stern lecture that you received, where it's like they open up a book and they're like, you did this, right? And you have to say, yes. And it's embarrassing and uncomfortable. That's what I thought purgatory was. <laughs> then I got older, way after I stopped being religious, and I discovered that purgatory was just like hell, only it wasn't forever. But you still, you were tortured and stuff. And that, but then eventually you got to go to heaven. How much, is that so you would enjoy heaven more? Like after getting out of that, like, oh, this is great. <laughs> or was it like, ugh, I don't know. Then I got angry that... I felt like somebody was keeping that from me the whole time I was religious. Like, well, so I would have been, then I would have died. When I was so religious, I would have died and then gone to purgatory. I was like, what? This isn't about filling out forms at all. I am being tortured. But now, because I'm not religious, when I die, it'll just be a nothingness. So, at least there's that. Oh, my point in mentioning hell was I had a hard time finding that costume. That was an authentic Lord of the Rings costume that I bought online. It was like a thing that I should have planned for way sooner. Come on, I knew we were going to do that sketch when we did that sketch. And then a week before we do the sketch, I'm like, ugh, I gotta get that costume. I gotta get that very specific costume that I, that I was responsible for writing into a sketch. And I did that dumb thing where I go to Amazon there's no expedited shipping or anything. I'm just like <laughs> gambling, like, come on, come on, costume. You gotta, you gotta get here when I, when I need you to get here. And you know what I got there? Day of the show. Day of the show. After I already sent Maria out with my wife to buy another costume. Now I got a Lord of the Rings costume and some dumb angel costume. Wings sold separately, of course. So now I gotta write, write a sketch about some crippled angel. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Pod F Tompcast with Paul F. Tompkins. Um, that's uh, available through paulftompkins.com. That's P A U L F T O M P K I N S dot com and iTunes. Of course, never too soon for a crippled angel. Uh, never too soon. And as, as you were saying, the 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 best 
uh, title ever for a podcast. Yeah, I, I love. I, I should thank uh, shout out. Is it okay to do shout outs on your show? Uh, uh, I, I want to thank uh, a listener of our show, Alan, who sent me a lot of the podcasts that you're playing. Oh, okay. He's a big podcast aficionado, and he turned me on to oh, cool. so many of them. So excellent. That's great, listener Alan. That's for you. Uh, and then, uh, as as promised, from their uh, their contribution to the tweet sack this week from uh, the comedy accident. These are uh, nine guys who have a sketch. Uh, troupe in Chicago. Uh, they, they've been through Second City, IO, Straw Dog, Annoyance Theater. Those are all big sketch houses uh, in, uh, in Chicago. Um, they, uh, we've got a piece here. They're interviewing um, a very well-known improviser in Chicago named Susan Messing and Greg Holloman. Susan Messing actually will be out here. Uh, just to, I'll give a shout out as well to the, uh, the San Francisco Improv Festival is uh, here this month in San Francisco from August 18th through the 27th. And Susan Messing will be teaching an inch, uh, a workshop in specificity, which is one of the most uh, important elements in improv is how specific you get. And that will be the last day of the festival teaching that. So you can uh, check them out at sfimprovfestival.com. But uh, in the meantime, let's uh, get a taste of Being on stage with accidents. Susan is pretty dangerous. I just thought about dangerous. the last... No, I thought what did we do like last time? Last He'll time remember, I won't. We, she, 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 asked, well, she asked me for the show, how's your back? I'm like, it's fine. Okay, good. Oh. So she so she jumps on my back. You think we, me and her are going into a hotel room. And nice. so we, you know, we come in three times. So we come back out. I carry in another way. She jumps on my back. I come, I come in another way. Was our so, honeymoon? Yeah. No. You Jedi mind tricked me. You became a <laughs> seven year old girl, and I was, and I, and I, became, and I was a child molester. And so, <laughs> now James is awake. <laughs> James here's child molester. Hello. <laughs> and so, it, it, so it felt creepy for me to take on this character because I was thinking like, okay, we're we're checking into a hotel. Or this is our honeymoon, but no. Now I'm this child molester. You don't she, have to be a creepy child molester. You can be a nice one. I, I, was, I, I was. We hold on to our shit and improv. That's we, that's how we follow the. I was a nice one. I had comedy. to justify by thinking what well, she looked older than what she was. There I you didn't. go. I was a very mature seven year old, and in some cultures that is marriage age. Yeah. It's all the human growth hormones that are in the milk. Um, I want to ask you about how uh, you, you started out in all this. I mean, you've done a ton of stuff. Um, we had Greg on recently, and he had awesome stories, and we'd like to touch on maybe some of yours about what you did in the past. That Well, I started 25 years ago um, when improv was your bastard cousin of creation, and now apparently everybody needs it. Actors need it. Half of At least half of the sitcoms we're auditioning for are fill-in-the-blanks, right? And the template is laid out, and then we get to do whatever the fuck we want. So I just – for me, it was – just that I never gave up. I was just tenacious. I don't know if how talented I was, but when I met Mick, his shit made sense to me. I started at I.O., and Del Sharna was tough on me, but good tough, because I actually now, in retrospect, it was a very good thing, but she was real tough at the time. Then I studied with Del, and he really, he, I don't know if he was such a great teacher as much as he gave me self-permission, because he didn't like women, but he liked me. Instead of taking umbrage that he didn't like women, I was like, aw, Del likes me. And uh, I landed with Mick, and we started a theater called The Annoyance. So I've been with The Annoyance since the, since its beginning. I've been with I.O. since the beginning. About 12 years after I started improvising, Mick was the director at Second City. He was the main stage director, and he invited me to be on main stage. And I've been, I don't know, at one point I started teaching it, and yeah. I've just been doing it ever since. I teach for I.O., The Annoyance, Second City, DePaul University. I teach the MFA 3s, how to improvise. 
It's it's That's cool. And I tour, and I mean, I do film and TV and radio, and you. Or, and I mean, you're great, it, and you're great. Yeah. I, I do voiceovers when they have it, but they. She's in Moment of Belmont Avenue. Oh, that's, that's a, a good movie. Sheet. That's actually a good movie. I actually, Mike Bradish wrote that part for me. He wrote, I'm 47, and he wrote it as a 37 year old. Well, Thank you. Couldn't you. Tell. Thank you. You, you pull it off. I'm very mature, so I, I don't <laughs> look my age. For a seven year old, you are. For a seven year old, I'm very mature. Hey, guys. Will Durst here, speaking to you from the rubble, littering the political landscape in the aftermath of the debt ceiling crisis. Yeah, it was quite a battle. And if you look close, you can see the bones of the middle class sticking out of the confetti left over from the banking and oil industry celebrations. Hard to understand why progressives are so mad at Obama. After all, he didn't do anything. I mean, besides caving faster than an access tunnel on a Chilean coal mine. The only difference here is you won't see anybody rushing to organize any rescue party. One of the things we learned is Obama is so determined to govern from the middle of the road, there should be a double yellow line down the center of his forehead. He's king of the roadkill party. The teabaggers managed to confuse both Democrats and Republicans by refusing to act with the usual political motivations, such as welfare of the nation, party loyalty, or their own self-interest. Proving that old adage, never get in a fight with an ugly person, he's got nothing to lose. They held the government hostage, and the president fell victim to a bad case of Stockholm Syndrome, bonding with his captors to where he was able to convince them to accept more than they were asking for. The administration called the deal a compromise. Yeah, same kind of compromise the Titanic arranged with that iceberg. Like how Nagasaki and Hiroshima compromised with Fat Man and Little Boy. Think of the concessions given by New Orleans to Katrina. It was the financial equivalent of handing over Czechoslovakia after extracting a vague Tea Party promise to leave Poland alone. Difficult to tell what lies in store, though, for the 2012 elections. At this point, you can't even accuse the Democrats of being afraid of their own shadow because they don't cast one. Besides, it's hard to see your shadow when your head is so far up your butt you can tickle your spleen with your elbow. And on that cheery note, I remain for Succotash, Will Durst. Ah, thank you, Bursted Durst, with Will Durst, available uh, at, well, it's available at Succotash. Uh, But you can check out Will Durst at willdurst.com. He's also tweeting all the time at at Will Durst on Twitter. Um, Anyway, I want to thank Rob Chelly. Thank you. My pleasure. For being our special guest and co-host, visiting from What Duvet Said. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and uh, give your your own shout-out. I am going to encourage people strongly to support your local podcaster, mostly me, and go to whatduvaysaid.com. Listen to us. Uh, you, you, may, you may or may not enjoy it, but I will be enjoying this bowl of succotash. Ah, thank you. And, and <laughs> please be sure to pass the succotash. <laughs> Consider it passed. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon and special guest star Rob Telly of What Duvet Said. You can follow us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. You can Twitter us at Suckatash Twitter, whatever the fuck that is. You can follow us on Facebook and please email MARC at SuckatashShow.com. You can call his ass at 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio Pete Sausalito. Home! Of the hit, uh, our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is young man Kenny Durgis. I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, who, as Amy Winehouse once said to her daddy, damn it, I can quit anytime I want. Mm.